uh, my parents used to take me to visit castles regular and uh, I was very drawn to castles, uh, the history, the dungeons. I, I liked to be where the places uh, people were tortured because I could feel, had a feeling for them and uh, I could feel their sorrow and pain. And I remember a spirit uh, saying to me, uh, a spirit was showing me in my mind places in Essex nearby where I lived and it was showing me places that I've been to and then it showed me uh, Shoebury Ness where I was brought up and I said to the spirit there's nothing in Shoebury so it's not worth looking there and he went yes there is he went you and that's when I began to realize that I'm more than who I am hey everybody it's Cam Brower thanks for listening I want to ask you to please subscribe to the podcast. It takes just a minute and makes a world of difference. And please hit those like buttons and also leave a comment. You do that and it makes it so much easier for others to find my alien life. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? My Alien Life is recorded live from atop the Northern Rocky Mountains and is available on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, and everywhere fine podcasts are found. My website is at www.myalienlifepodcast.com. There you will find my email address, all previously recorded shows, and more. I am Cameron Brower. This is My Alien Life, and the podcast starts right now. My guest tonight is in Swansea, Wales, where he is a New Age spiritualist following the Druid path and he is extremely knowledgeable about everything paranormal. Facebook is where you can see his live show called Esoteric Encounters with Bradley Powers and the Lion's Pride co-hosted with Cassidy Lightwing, where they talk about aliens, reptilians, star seeds, the awakening, hyperspace, and more. He also leads several Facebook paranormal groups, some with over 250,000 members, like Aliens, UFOs, Anunnaki, Paranormal, etc. Tonight we'll be talking about demons, angels, his life as a necromancer, and other paranormal topics. Bradley Powers, thank you for joining me, and welcome. Hello there, Cameron. It's a pleasure to be on your show. Thank you for having me. You know, sir, I've known you for a few months now, and I've been astounded by your knowledge of the paranormal. When did you realize that you had special abilities? Uh, well, I, I had my first uh, paranormal experience at age nine, but I didn't realize I had any abilities till much later on. When I was age nine, I, uh, I, I witnessed 
I was I was looking out the window, age nine, and we was moving the next day, and I was looking out the window, and my it, in my mind it said, look look at the reflection on the wall. So I looked at the reflection in the wall. I, I, this is how it works for me. My mind, uh, I had this feeling, a feeling, a thought to look at the reflection on the wall. So I looked at the reflection and I see a black hand, a reflection of a black hand. So I looked at the window and there was nothing there because we were moving. There was nothing on the window whatsoever. And I closed the curtain. I reopened the curtain. I looked at the wall again and the black hand was still there. And I don't know if that was to do with my grandfather, but that could have been a sign. It was a message, but I don't quite understand what the message was. But I reckon that could have been a re- uh, to do with my black my father, who uh, who might have been connected with spiritualism and maybe the Black Hand Gang. So you you feel that this was the only time that you've seen a Black Hand like that, or has it appeared other times in Absolutely. in your life? first time I've ever seen a black hand. Was I scared? No, I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't scared at all. The fact that I knew to look was amazing enough, but that was at age nine. My next experience never happened until I was age 12. So was the voice that you heard, is that something that, that, that's been accompanying you since you were a small child, or was that a one-time thing, or have you, have you experienced it before? I have been a voice hearer for uh, seven years. And I didn't know voice hearing existed until seven years ago. Uh, I, 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 when spirits connect with me, they use telephones, whereas the voice that connected with me seven years ago used telepathy. So what does spiritualism mean to you as a child? Does it, was there spiritualism or were you just um, growing up and learning about this as you got older? I never learned about spiritualism. I just was. I've always been a spiritualist without even realizing it. I've always believed in life after death. Uh, and uh, we, when we die, our soul leaves the body and becomes a spirit and moves on to the next life. And if we ascend, we will uh, move on to the next plane. But if we don't ascend, then we will re- reincarnate and come back to Earth and begin a new life in a new body and we won't remember our previous life chances are we won't but it's possible that we might after that first instance at age nine um any other remembrances of anything that happened that was unusual or paranormal before you became a teenager yeah when i was age 12 age 12 i remember awakening and finding sat on my bed was a a a druid priest he was dressed in um a white shroud, a white shroud with a hood, a big hood. And so he was all in white. And I remember looking at him. He was sat on my bed and I was looking at him, age 12, and I could see the weave of his cloth, of the cloth that was, he was, of the garment that he was wearing. I couldn't see through him at all. And, uh, and, uh, I was thinking, I wonder what his face looks like. I couldn't see his face because he had his head bowed down and he was um, performing a sermon on my behalf. He was blessing me. And I thought, I wonder what his head looked like. And then an image of a skull appeared in my my mind and he was showing me that uh, his face is that of a skull. So I I went, oh, like, you know, and... uh, 
but he sat there yeah, performing a sermon and like eventually I went back to sleep and when I woke up he was gone but that's that's what you call you could call that a manifestation but that's actually what you call a materialization the mat- some mediums can actually uh, connect with spirits and the spirits will come through not through a manifestation but through a materialization they can actually come through this may sound unbelievable but some people can actually come through in full body to a medium I've known a case, I know a materialization medium who's had visits from over 150 bodies, people that have died, crossed over, and then they've come back in their real body and presented themselves to her with a message. So where exactly was this? Where, where, did, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Essex in England and uh, in the southeast. And it's 40 miles from London is where I grew up. And uh, so I experienced a... I enjoyed priests sat on my bed. And uh, sometime afterwards, I uh, I remember awake. I always wake up when spirits are there. And I was in a sleep. I was age 12. And I remember awakening. And I found a shade, kneeled, crouched, kneeled beside my bed. And uh, I, I remember I you couldn't see through it. It was dark, but you couldn't see through him. He was jet black. And I could see the outline of the shade. And it, normally, if you see a shade, that's bad news. I mean, that means you could even die. But I see this shade, and he was a, like a protector. I had this feeling that come through me. Like, there was nothing to fear. He was like a protector of me. And he was actually looking at a book in my bookcase. Uh, and the book he was looking at was King Arthur and the Knights at the Round Table. So you grew up in an area that's known for stone circles, and especially to the uh, west of you, um, how prominent uh, was was the message of uh, and the history of Druids in that area that you grew up in? It, well, and I grew up in, uh, I'm, my, the knowledge of my history in the area that I grew up in is very, uh, I'm very naive to it. I do believe that our, our brand new house that we moved into was built on top of a village or possibly a cemetery. Or a cemetery might have been nearby. And I'd have to say that almost, you know, most of such a rich history in, in the UK and especially in England that um, that your house not being built on some sort of old settlement would have been an improbability. So um, had you done any research after that to figure out uh, what possibly what type of uh, a settlement or village was there in the past? Well, I, for some reason, I went over to the library and they got artifacts. And I also found in the garden bits of pottery, quite a few bits of pottery. And I went over to the library and I see pottery in there. And I actually, uh, the Romans were quite, uh, they, they occupied the area. But I think it could have been a Saxon village that was overrun by the Romans. And when I say Saxon, uh, even though I could even be wrong with Saxon, because I don't know if Druids and Saxons mixed. Druids and Celts did. And I feel very Celtic. And I think that the village could be more Celtic than anything. Just so our listeners know that uh, tonight we're doing things a little bit differently. Um, had a, a major lightning blast nearby and, and no internet power. So I'm doing everything on a hand recorder. And, and that includes notes because we didn't have any notes that uh, I'm a Google Docs guy. So um, usually I read directly off my monitor from um, the internet. So uh, doing a little different and again, my guest tonight is uh, Brad Powers, and Bradley is from um, Swansea right now in uh, Wales. And thank you very much for joining me, Bradley. And so, 
growing up um, in that part of England, you know, such a such a rich history and such an amazing place. Were you drawn to any local castles or uh, cemeteries or anything like that as a child? Uh, uh, my parents used to take me to visit castles regular. And uh, I was very drawn to castles, uh, the history, the dungeons. I, I liked to be where the places uh, people were tortured because I could feel, had a feeling for them. And uh, I could feel their sorrow and pain. And like there are many cases, I mean, you would be hung for stealing a sheep because you were starving hungry. And I felt their sorrow and pain, very hard times to live in. And I remember a spirit uh, saying to me, uh, a spirit was showing me in my mind places in Essex nearby where I lived. And it was showing me places that I've been to. And then it showed me uh, Shoebury Ness, where I was brought up. And I said to the spirit, there's nothing in Shoebury, so it's not worth looking there. And he went, yes, there is. He went, you, to me. And I, it was, and I was like, wow, what, you cast me as, as high as that? And that's when I began to realize I'm more than who I am. Who are you? Who am I? I'm still discovering I am. Uh, from the spirits have told me that I am an, an element of the spirit of light. And they've also told me that I'm a knight of the high order, an order so secret it cannot be named. So I am a knight. So if you look back to figure out uh, what the... Uh what the origin of that one could possibly be? Uh, from a dragon path, I believe. Not Nothing to do with Alpha Draconians, by the way. Dragons and Alpha Draconians are not the same and they're not even related. But uh, from a dragon's path, uh, I'm, I'm connected to Merlin. Merlin is my guardian angel and he has actually saved my life on one occasion. And he's my guardian angel and he also is a druid himself. I think uh, that age, you know, the teenage year and early teen years, um, any kind of experiences like that that I've heard of could possibly be enhanced just because of um, what your body's going through at that particular time. So what were the teenage years for you like and what did you experience before the age of 16? Uh, not very good. Uh, I used to bunk school a lot. I never went to school hardly at all. I became, I, I loved junior school. I loved infant school. I, and I, I learned a lot of, uh, I learned my maths and English in junior school. And I was very, I, I got on really well with everyone. However, I was sent to this school that was uh, 10 miles away and I hated it. And I never got on with anyone. And I became a, uh, a, a loner and I bunked school a lot. I, I, I missed school. And I just never attended. The fact that I've got any intelligence at all is amazing in itself because I didn't learn anything at senior school. But the fact is that I could read and write and I was pretty good at uh, English and maths and uh, and poems. I used to write poems. Uh, so I was blessed with the fact that I had some form of education to, grow, to begin life with. So um, how long did this last? Did you actually go to uh, the the senior high or, or high school years, or, or did you um, kind of uh, find yourself um, wandering through those as well, the same same path? 
I, I had a job age 15 and a half, age 16. Before I left school, I got myself a job, which became full-time. I was uh, I was working in a carpet warehouse, and the carpet warehouse became a nightclub, and I ended up working in the kitchen of this nightclub, and I met the most amazing of people, and that was age 16. And then from then, age 17, I moved to Southend-on-Sea, which is the main town uh, in Essex. I moved to Southend-on-Sea. I met, I met uh, my... I met this woman who I ended up marrying. We was married for 30 years. And so my life was occupied. So I would say spiritually, although I believed in life after death, for those 30 years, uh, I wouldn't really say I encountered anything uh, absolutely paranormal. So when did the paranormal start? After, um, during your marriage or after your marriage? After my, uh, yeah, what happened was... uh, uh, like uh, I'm, I'm a very, uh, I'm very generous, and, and I'm a decent person in my opinion. And I actually, uh, I, I really uh, gave my wife a lot, and uh, it was never good enough. I couldn't satisfy her, so in the end, I eventually left her. And um, well, anyway, uh, the paranormal experiences began just before I left her, but I didn't take too much notice of them until I actually left her, and then I. I t- this is where it starts to get amazing. This is where the story is amazing from here on. My, uh, I, I, heard, I heard a voice in my head and he said, Adam, I'm a, I'm a mind reader, okay? Uh, don't panic, I'm a mind reader, I'm in your head. And I was like, and I went, wow, what an honor it is to meet someone who is an element of the power of light. What an honor. And uh, and I recognised then that I was the spirit of light, and he was the power of light, and it began from there. And then he began talking to me, and then he just wouldn't shut up. And that's when I started to realise that he was he was a a uh, a rogue spirit. Uh, and he, I later on began to realise that he was an evil mind reader, and he used to climb into people's minds and wreck their lives and create create chaos and lead them to suicide. And that's what his plans were with me as well. Where did the name Adam come from? Uh, I was born with that name. Um, I, well, there's two reasons, really. I think that's a Druid link, uh, Adam, being the first man on Earth and all that. But another uh, Adam also means red planet in Hebrew. Uh, it, may, it may even mean red Earth in another language. Red planet, uh, like Mars. But uh, that's what Adam actually means. But uh, my... Uh, mother heard someone call uh, their kid Adam and uh, you know Adam Cartwright from Bonanza I was named after Adam Cartwright from Bonanza in her opinion so your parents were watching Bonanza when you were a child as were mine I yeah. Think. yeah yeah that's amazing so um you go ahead and finish what you're going to say because I I think that um that that first uh, link that you had back with this this paranormal world is 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 just another beginning for you right yeah i think like i was named adam for a reason and now i begin to realize it that uh yeah adam is is a name of substance and it does carry some quality and meaning some clarity the name adam and uh which is appropriate for me actually but anyway, uh, like uh, I, I was a rogue for a period of time, and I changed. I moved area to Wales and changed my name to uh, break away from uh, from villainy, if you like. And uh, and it worked for me, and I became a totally different person, changed my lifestyle, and become uh, yeah uh, a decent person with with a better quality of life. But however, 
whilst moving, the telepathic mind reader was with me all the time. I've been in Wales seven years and I've had him with me for seven years. I need to perform an exorcism or something to get rid of him, to be honest with you. But he was put with me for a reason. Merlin, my spirit guide, actually paired us up because he knew I was so far in the closet with spiritualism. I was like I was in Narnia. I was on another planet. I wasn't totally with it. Well, this, having this telepathic mind reader in my head woke me up. I became awake and I began to realize that not everything is as it seems. I began to realize that anything is possible. If you believe it to be so, then it will be so. And that's when I started to see things and my life began to change. I, I had a nightclub. Uh, oh no, I, we, we have missed a little bit. As a child, I didn't just see a monk and a shade. I see demons as well. And I see demons that you couldn't see through. This was age 12. When I was age 12, quite a lot happened in that year. And then nothing. It all went dead. But before we move on to, like, when I was older, I see demons. I, had a, I woke up and there was a demon standing behind my door. And it kept opening the door, closing the door, opening the door, closing the door. This went on for 40 minutes. I was 12 years old. I had to look. I don't know why I did. I just looked. And I looked. And there was some. it was dark behind my door. But there was something there. And uh, like a shade, it could have been a shade. And it was opening and closing the door, and the door kept rubbing the carpet. So anyway, they moved my bed to another location, and I remember waking up and seeing in the hallway a demonic uh, presence standing in the hallway, and you couldn't see through him at all. And he looked to me like a vagabond, if anything. But uh, I later realized there is such things as shaitans, and that's what that was, a shaitan, which is a djinn. So were you just terrified out of your mind at the time that you couldn't even stay in that room or did you um did you learn to live with that? I learned to live with it. Uh, I was I I I experienced no fear whatsoever. And if anything, I experienced curiosity. I was curious. I had been uh, I was being blessed by a druid priest. Then I see a shade beside my bed, and I didn't even know shade existed, uh, except in the books of King Arthur, perhaps. And then uh, then I see demons uh, behind the door. I, uh, my grandfather come and visit me a few times, and his dog that had passed away, and him they both were passed away. Yet his dog left a footprint in the dust under the under the uh, chest of drawers. There was a dust of a footprint of a dog under the chest of drawers and I couldn't believe it but that validated that I wasn't out going out of my mind that the footprint of the dog validated that he was there and he brought his dog with him what's amazing is how I knew this because I had my head under the covers and I'd never felt uh, nervous but when my grandfather visited me when he uh, in spirit I was nervous because my grandfather was a, a man of stature and he was a man that you'd fear but that was when I was a child. However, like, uh, then, it, I, then I met a, uh, left home, met a woman, married for 30 years. Then seven years ago, it all began uh, for me to become awake. I, I had a nightclub and I experienced a light, lighting, blue lighting, flashing from the ceiling. There was no explanation for that. I had a dog that went bananas. It, it was jumping up and down and excited at 
It was looking in the air in front of it, excited. There was a spirit standing there, and the dog was very pleased to see the spirit. But I couldn't see the spirit, but I knew that the dog was excited to see the spirit. And I just thought to myself, oh, there's a spirit standing there. And then I carried on doing what I was doing. But anyway... uh, Let let me ask you this, Brad, let me ask you this really quick. So you were married for 30 years. So why do you feel that there was this deadness or, or lack of paranormal in your life for 30 years what, what were you learning there what were you going through that needed you to prepare for this 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 life after marriage because like i i now i realize it but i didn't know then in those 30 years i, I am also a shadow mage and what that means is shadow i see shadows leave my body and go on missions for, on my behalf and I've had these, uh, I've been a shadow mage all my life, but I haven't realized it. In those 30 years, I can, if I, anything I wish for, I can normally get what I want but by, uh, like, these shadows entering people's minds and actually, uh, like, uh, how would be the correct way to put it? Shadows enter someone's mind and can actually suggest to them an idea that I favor and then they will go ahead and, and agree with it or do it to benefit me. And uh, that's that's what a shadow mage can do, and that's what I can do, and I've been doing it all my life, but I haven't realized it. I've been in the most... Uh, I have been in uh, uncomfortable situations and quite life-threatening situations as well, and yet because of uh, being a shadow mage, the shadows have actually been able to enter people's minds and diffuse situations uh, as well. So I, I have been, you could call me very lucky. My wife said to me once, if I fell into manure, I would come up smelling of roses. That's what she once said. Because I seem to be very lucky. That's not a, that's not a bad, that's lucky. not a bad thing, right? <laughs> no, that's not a bad thing. I'm not complaining. No, but I didn't realize it was life. I didn't realize that I had been very lucky. Anyway, uh, Back to, uh, yeah, so seven years ago, I realized I'm a telepathic mind reader. Uh, no, I, I've got a telepathic mind reader in my head. I didn't realize any further than that, but I've actually learned since then that I too can read minds. In fact, I'm not just a mind reader, I'm a spirit reader. He can read my mind. He can he can read a thought. If I have a thought, like he's, I'm talking to you. If I have a thought, he knows what I'm going, he knows what I'm thinking. Whereas I'm a spirit reader. Well, the difference is I know what he's going to think before he even thinks it. So he knows what I'm going to think as I think it. I know what he's going to think before he even has the thought. That's the difference. And uh, I've learned that from him being in my head. And I've been, uh, I experienced remote viewing. I've been in his head and I've seen his family. I've seen his children. I know his family's names. Uh, uh, I've experienced remote viewing on numerous occasions, uh, looking through his eyes, and I've even been outside of his body. I've been looking at him. I've been in his lounge. You see me appear in his lounge. I've, uh, I, I've, I've stood in front of him. I've come through mirrors and, and faced him. Uh, these are all experiences I've had since he's invaded my, my privacy, my life. And Merlin knew this would happen to me. That's why he paired us up and put us together. Do you feel this? That and, uh, this? Do you feel that this is a, an invasion of your uh, personal space, and in particular, your yes. body, and and is it a, a invasion of your life and privacy? 
Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's changed my life completely because right now I am dedicated uh, to the cause, the greater good. I now I'm a necromancer. I would never have been a necromancer. I didn't even know there was such a thing. I didn't even know what the word meant. I'm now a necromancer. What that means is I have the ability to summon spirits and uh, connect with them. Spirit, in fact, I have the ability to have spirits come into my life and just start talking to me using telepathy, and I even know who they are. They don't have to introduce themselves, and I have communed with many spirits as demons. There are good demons and bad demons, by the way. I've experienced, I've, I've been attacked by bad demons, and I've spoken with good demons. And I, I spoke with a bad demon as well on one occasion, but I have spoken with good demons on numerous occasions, and I've even communed with angels as well. What are demons? Uh, demons, there's... Uh, well, demons are, if you look at Christianity, if you don't believe in God, uh, no, all those, uh, the, uh, well, all those outside of God. You've got God, you've got your angels. That's it. There's no room. There's no, you've got your black, you've got your white, but there is no grey. Anything grey is evil, or black even. Like, so you've got God, you've got your angels, but anything outside of that is evil. Uh, if you're speaking to spirits uh, that do not praise God, they are evil spirits, and therefore you shouldn't be talking to them, and you'll be damned and go to hell if you do talk to them. Well, I have learned that this is not exactly true. So are, is, is, a, is a demon, um, has that always been evil, or was could that have been a, a non-evil um, existence prior to becoming evil, for a, a lack of a better question? <laughs> I have I, connected with King Leviathan. King Leviathan's in the in the Bible. He was once labelled as the devil, and uh, but he was definitely a demon. But he was labelled as the devil at one time in the Bible, I believe. King Leviathan. I've communed with King Leviathan on a few occasions. He said that I am noble, but the thing is, that's not the point. The point is, I've communed with him, and. Uh, I don't get much time with them, I find, but the time that I do get with them, I actually realise I could feel their presence. And, like, yes, he can be evil if he wishes to be, but he isn't. Because he doesn't follow God's path, that doesn't make him evil, but it does in God's eyes. So he is classed as a demon or a devil. And uh, King Leviathan is the supreme ruler of the seventh realm of hell, and he's also a grand servitor, and uh, he, he's willing to do, uh, he's willing to fulfil your wishes and desires if you so wish it, should you call upon his services. And uh, so this brings you to the, uh, this brings into question heaven and hell. Are they real? Many people say there is no heaven and hell. It's all in your mind. Yet I've communed with spirits like King Leviathan is the supreme ruler of the seventh realm of hell. I've communed with Famous. Famous is the ambassador of hell. I've communed with Lucifer Rothakel. He is the prime minister of hell. Now, I don't worship these spirits, but I have communed with them. They've, they've come to me. I haven't gone to them. I haven't performed any rituals. They've just come to me and started speaking to me. And uh, that's when I began to realise that I am gifted like a medium. I have, I have also, since I've been in Wales, seen my mother. My mother said to me, see, I told you I'd come back and haunt you. That's what my mother said to me in spirit. She just appeared before me. So was that actually so like, said to you in humour or was that actually a haunting that um, was evil? No, that was, she was said to me, she, my mum said to me before she died, 
when I die, I'm going to come back an orange. And it was just a laugh. It was just a joke. And then to actually, I was laying on my bed, and suddenly, I, for some reason, you just, you, I just know what to do without knowing. I know without knowing. And I knew to turn my head to the left and close my eyes, and then I see her appear with my grandfather beside her. Uh, she appeared and she said, see, I told you I'd come back and launch her. She actually said something else before that. I can't make out what she said because I was in shock. I was shocked that I was seeing my own mother and she had my grandfather beside him. I want to back up just a little bit. And you had mentioned the fact that um, some of this evil is uh, able to um, give you anything that you could possibly want. So what would be the penalty or what would, what would be the... Uh, why would they do that? And um, would you have to pay in some certain terms later on? Some spirits require gifts uh, before they will actually perform any tasks for you. Some spirits require nothing because they get their pleasure from, say a spirit was going to do something for you, Cameron. They actually, it's, it's a twofold in a way because they, they are rewarded because they enjoy you enjoying what they have created and manifested for you. If you wish for something to happen, they could make it happen and then they would enjoy how they would enjoy the feelings that you are feeling because spirits, demons, they want to be in your body, but they can't, they can't be because that's not really permittable on a good demon. Whereas a bad demon will go into your body, but a good demon won't. A good demon will enjoy the pleasures of you enjoying your pleasures. He will enjoy those pleasures through you, and they are the rewards of actually what is what the spirit is doing. The, the, the demon, what the demon is so, doing. So why do they have the to use you? Why can't they just do this on their own and enjoy this on their own? Because it seems like if they have all this power, they should be able to, you know, enjoy some of this power as as a lone entity you would have seen that wouldn't you the truth is uh they're not human and this is and same with the extraterrestrials and some extraterrestrials are very similar to this as well is uh, there are some extraterrestrials that haven't got souls well uh we go back to the demons anyway we're trying to keep it on demons uh the the demons uh a, a good demon won't possess you. A good demon will, but can enjoy being human through you. Whereas a bad demon will actually attach itself to you, or actually climb inside of your body without you knowing. And can you can actually have a demon in your body without you knowing, and carry that demon around with you. You would never even know, and that demon will experience life as a human being through you. That's a bad demon, and I've met many of them. How many? How many would you think? Oh God! Well, I've been attacked by like probably a dozen demons. I've been—I went to open my front door in broad daylight once, and I had a feeling something was standing behind me. And I turned around, and there was a demon standing there, and he punched me in the face. And I fell backwards and landed on the floor backwards. And then I crawled on my back backwards away from the demons out the door, and I got out the door. And, I, and then I was standing outside, thinking, "What? What am I going to do now?" I've got a demon outside my front door. I can't get him out. What am I going to do? I was thinking, well, I'll give it three hours and then come back and he should be gone. The demon appeared from a porthole in the floor. There was a porthole outside my front door. And while that porthole was there, 
two people were stabbed. One was stabbed uh, in the garden, uh, in the front garden, and one was stabbed outside my front door, and he was laying on the floor, uh, like his face said, he was dying, basically, because uh, a demon had uh, instigated these guys to stab each other. This is how powerful they are. These demons are extremely powerful. They have the ability to do the most amazing of things. So not only not only that. not only were they interfering with your life, they're interfering with other people in in the general area as well, right? Yes, they tried to get the instigate the other these youngsters to stab me, and it didn't go that way. It went it went the wrong way, and ended up stabbing each other. They so, couldn't stab me because I'm an element of the spirit of light, and uh, I, I don't know if I am untouchable, but it appears that I am. Although I have been attacked by other demons as well. And uh, I've woken up to hands crawling up my chest to strangle me. I've woken up to a hand over my mouth, a hand over my mouth trying to suffocate me. Um, I've, I've had demons jump on my back and try to crush the living daylights out of me. I've had a shade come into my body and try to push my soul out of my body. Uh, I've had all this has occurred. Uh, there's been many more as well. And... I am, all I thought about is you just got to get through it. You've got to ride it. Whatever they do, you've got to ride it because I don't fully know how to... Uh, apparently, if I tap my heels, I, 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 I inside me, this is what I've been taught by spirits. I, like I have an inner strength, an inner spirit, and an almighty power. I carry an almighty power with me, within me, yet I haven't figured it out how to switch it on. So, like, I can remote view. Uh, I can. Uh, I haven't figured out how to switch it on. I remote view at random, but I don't know how I do it. So, are you and, able uh, to? Are you able to uh, step inside of a, a church? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because well, I've had angels visit me on four occasions. One of those angels was Archangel Gabriel himself. Uh, he connected with me. I was. My wife rang up to apologise to me of how she, she'd been treating me, how she treated me all those years. She rang up to apologise, and she went, I don't know what it is. She said, but uh, Archangel Gabriel uh, comes to me. I just, Archangel Gabriel's come to my mind. And then she went, the word penitence, the word penitence, well, I looked it up, and penitence means that my wife was actually trying to say that she's sorry, and can I ask him for forgiveness and uh, from me? And uh, and for her to actually know that was Archangel Gabriel was amazing. But, her, for, but I hadn't told her any of uh, my spiritualism stuff. So for her to know that was astonishing in itself. I've also seen a cherubim angel. The cherubim angel fired two arrows at me. And I thought, hey, what are you doing? Why are you firing arrows at me? And then I realized they were like arrows of love. And they bounced off me as well because I'm full of love. And another occasion, I actually performed a ritual, but I only half performed it. A ritual to summon an archangel, and the archangel still visited me and was basically saying, carry on with your ritual, but I never. But the most amazing one of all is an angel. I was, I was looking at my computer, and a demon come from the computer and jumped into me, come out of the computer and jumped into me in broad daylight. I was like, wow. What happened there? 
steam has just jumped into me. Oh, I don't feel any different. Anyway, then when I woke up in the morning, the demon was there, wasn't he? Uh, uh, when I closed my eyes, I could see a demon in the top right-hand corner just standing there looking at me. And and then, a few hours later, an angel appeared before my very eyes. A full manifestation of an angel appeared before my eyes, and she embraced me three times. She was really... She was so excited that she was in my company. So that's when I, that's why I know there's something more about me than I know because she was so excited. She was thrilled, thrilled to be in my company. And she touched the demon and he, he extinguished, she extinguished the demon straight away. When she touched that demon, he died instantly. And she told me that the telepathic mind reader was a trickster. Don't ever trust him. He's a trickster. He'll tell me anything to, uh, for me to like see him in a different light, I don't believe anything he says, and uh, and she said she, that basically the message from her was to uh, yeah pray, pray to God, you know what I mean, pray to God, and she showed me the book of the Bible, flicked through the pages, and she, and eventually and things will occur, pray to God and things will manifest for me. Well, that's what she was saying. And then I had the demons on the other side. They were saying, they wasn't saying anything, but they, was, uh, they were just coming into my life with messages. And they were always words of wisdom. King Leviathan is a dragon. And dragons are real, and dragons actually exist. I don't expect people to believe that, but I believe it because I've actually witnessed it with my, uh, from myself. I've witnessed this. Dragons are real, and they do exist. And dragons are wise and all-knowing. And if anything, a dragon, uh, a, the difference between a dragon and an angel is not very much difference at all, apart from their figure, uh, how they appear. One's a dragon and one's an angel, but they are very divine. Dragons are divine, just like angels are. That's why, why, do, why, do, why do some people see dragons and some people don't? If, if, they're, if they're both seeing demons. Are, Dragons are, um, you can have a dragon in your life, all your life, and never see that dragon, yet that dragon could do the most amazing things for you, for your life, can benefit you greatly, yet you'll never see that dragon. It's to see a dragon is a true honor. To know there's a dragon in your life is a true honor, but to actually see one, I've seen a dragon, and uh, to actually witness a dragon uh, is, is a true honor. It really is. But there again, to actually see an angel is a true honor as well. And they are both divine. And neither of them have tried to pull me to their side. And none of them have been horrible about each other's side. Once le I have two altars. One's a left-hand path and one is a right-hand path. The left-hand path is if I wish to perform a ritual towards dragons or demons. The right-hand path is if I wish to perform a ritual towards Jesus Christ. It's a very Christian altar, and uh, angels. If I wish to summon angels, I can. I've got an altar for that. So I've got two altars I actually use if I wish to, and they are like an altar. Actually, means high point, highest point, and that is where I can connect with spirits from. I I'll tell you what a druid is. A druid is someone that can stand in the middle and of two opposing armies and bring peace. He can actually, uh, peace to the fact both factions can actually stop wars, can actually, uh, if people were arguing over land, who's, who's got, whose land, whose piece of land that is, they would go and see a druid and he would solve their problems. Druids speak words of wisdom, words of power. Druids don't take sides. And that's why I am very much so. I'm not 
I'm not a Christian, yet I've got a Christian uh, favour about me. I'm not a demon, yet I, would com- I, I can commune with demons. I haven't committed any evil acts uh, in my life that I could say that are related to spirits uh, or cause me, uh, were caused by spirits. They have, uh, they, they, all they, what they do, they offer me words of wisdom. And what do I ask for? What do I ask for? I asked for wisdom, enlightenment, and divination. That's what I asked for. That's all I asked for from spirits. Do you need an exorcist? I do need an exorcist, yeah. Only for the telepathic mind reader. Have you looked for one, and and what's that been like? Well, if I told you, is it possible, right, that I am actually an exorcist as well, and I just haven't figured it out yet, because that is very possible. There's no way... Well, Merlin coming to like my life. I, I I I've been in some situations, and Merlin has just turned up. And like I remember, I was on my floor once, and I next minute I know I was at, I was at his feet. He's got small feet, and I rubbed my hands over one of his feet. But I was uh, uh, I was being tormented by a telepathic mind reader, and uh, I didn't realise that was Merlin at the time. But later on. Merlin actually, uh, Merlin has manifested before my very eyes as well. And uh, he actually uh, suggested that I paint a pentacle for necromancy in the floor. So I painted a circle in the floor, a circle that went round and round and round and round until it reaches the center. And, uh, and the minute I finished painting it, this smoke alarm went off because of the electromagnetic waves that came through the floor, the smoke alarm went off and I, I, I couldn't get it to shut up and I had to bust it off the ceiling and put it in the bath and it still wouldn't shut up. It began then, uh, what began was as spirits, my, my shadows could travel through it and spirits could come and visit me through this pentacle for necromancy, all kinds of spirits, and they could visit me. And it's what you would call a portal. And I met Gilbert, who was like an elf. I met Jack, he was like an elf. I said to Jack, what path do you follow? And he said, I follow the path of righteousness. Uh, Gilbert, I lost a ring that had a spiritual entity attached to it. And I said, I wish I could attach that spirit from the ring I've lost. I wish I could attach his spirit to another ring. And Gilbert went off and got him, got the spirit and attached it to another ring for me. I remember a guy came by and he was poor and he was desperate for a cigarette and he wanted to ask me for one and he and he, he walked away. He didn't ask me. He was too shy to ask me. And I said, ain't someone going to help that poor man? And a spirit appeared and went after him for me and began to help that guy. You talked about Merlin. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, you know, I, I think anybody who's ever read about Merlin has a general idea of what and who he is. Um, to you, what is he and who is he? Well, I didn't know that Merlin actually existed. I thought Merlin was, Merlin was a legend, a myth. And I know many books have been written about him, but I just thought he was a myth. Until it just so happens, this is what, Merlin, this is what Merlin's like. This is how he operates. He connected me with a telepathic mind reader who moved me from one area to another area to here, to Swansea. And uh, it just so happens, like what a coincidence, I live 30 miles away from where Merlin was born. 
Now, about that for a coincidence, I've even been to where Merlin was born. It's called Merlin's, it's called Carmarthen, but in English that translates to Merlin's Fault. And I've been to Merlin's Fault, which is a castle, uh, the remains of a castle, and uh, Merlin's Caves in Carmarthen, uh, Merlin's uh, birthplace. Merlin was born. Um, his, his mother was a nun, a virgin, and uh, apparently a, a succubus, uh, no, sorry, an incubus, an incubus uh, intervened and had sex with his mother and a child was born, and that child was Merlin. And Merlin was born with magical powers, and you could actually say that he is half demon, half angel. And he's thrilled that I'm actually talking about him right now. He's half demon and half angel. And uh, and he grew up, uh, his uncle Gaia actually raised him and he became a druid. And, uh, and as well as a sorcerer, a wizard and a sorcerer. What do you, and, what do you think uh, the druids, did the druids build the, uh, the circles of, it, of England? The Stonehenge Circle was made... Uh, 5,000 years ago or more, whereas Druids, they can only trace Druids back 3,500 years because Druids never kept records, or they did, but not in pa on paper. So to trace anything further back than 3,500 years is impossible on regarding the Druids. And the Druids uh, were not an army of warriors. The Celts were an army of warriors, and they would always have Druids in their clan because Druids kept the peace. Druids also were like shaman. A Druid could be a shaman, uh, a witch doctor, if you like. Uh, if you was ill, you would go see a, a, sh a sh you would go see a Druid, and he would heal you, heal you, keep the peace give you knowledge, share words of wisdom with you, words of power. Uh, druids are still alive today, especially in England, but they are still around all around the world. They hold positions of power, um, like uh, they could be uh, doctors, uh, lawyers, solicitors, uh, even teachers, um, as well as holy men, I believe. Not in a Christian way, though. But they are still around, and there's druids. If you want to meet druids in for the real, then it's best to go to Stonehenge at the summer solstice or winter solstice. There you will meet real life druids, which have the, have the ability. Mother Nature is their church, and they have the ability to perform magic as well. What was the purpose of Stonehenge? Uh, well, I actually believe it's a gigantic vortex, and. Uh, some people camped in the centre of it once, and the following morning they were gone. And the four corners of the tent were burnt, were held burnt shards at the four corners of the tent. Uh, yeah, the uh, also I believe spaceships use it to travel in and out of this realm uh, by using Stonehenge. It's like it's it's been sabotaged, deliberately sabotaged, because I think it's like a computer mainframe as well. Um, That'd be fair to say. The druids, the druids, definitely a and the summer solstice and winter solstice. It was also built for as well. Right. So, to, uh, so when, when it was, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, Brandon. That's all right. <laughs> the, the the winter solstice, they would like uh, worship the winter coming in, the cold winter coming in, because that would they would worship the winter coming in for a good harvest. 
because food was the currency, if you like, of the times, food. So the druids that you uh, talked about now that uh, still are uh, on earth that are, are teachers and, and, and scientists and whatever, do they know they are druids? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, they do. You've got lone druids as well, uh, people like myself who uh, work alone, uh, follow a druid path, uh, have druid ways, and uh, but are not connected to any organization because I don't need to. I, I'm connected to spirits and like anything I want to know, a foresight for the future, things like that, I can actually tune into spirits and actually connect with them just like a druid could. And I am interested in history and I'm also interested in the future and I'm also an ambassador for mankind, which is what druids were, ambassador for mankind. And if anything, I would believe in like, if we were invaded, is to try and bring peace between the two cultures rather than war. So if Druids have such a strong relationship with, um, with, with the earth and people and making peace, do they have counterparts throughout the world? Are there other people who have these same, same roles in other parts of the world? Yeah, the Druid culture is, they, they have, uh, it can take 20 years to become a full Druid. That's why, I, although I follow the Druid path, I, I couldn't say I'm a Druid because I haven't been a Druid for 20 years. You need 20 years of learning to become a fully-pledged Druid. However, I am following the Druid path. I think like a Druid, and I have Druid ways. Merlin is my guardian angel, and he is a Druid. This, this telepathic, I'll tell you why he's my guardian angel, is because this telepathic mind reader, he's tried to, if this, if this makes sense, he tried to blow, explode my brains, okay? He sent a uh, like 5G through my brains to cause it to bubble and explode, and Merlin appeared from nowhere and just went like that really loud, and like he closed the telepathic mind reader right down. And from then on, the telepathic mind reader knew that he was limited how far he could go with me. Because this telepathic mind reader that's in me can raise my temperature, my temperature. He can put needles in my face. He, my tears, he can turn into acid. He can do the most amazing of things. This is a telepathic mind reader. So he's not just a telepathic mind reader. He's something else. He could be a dark shaman for all I know. And are those um, dark, dark, dark shaman, are they, um, are they prevalent? Is it a rarity to find one or, or are they everywhere? They're everywhere. They're all over. You could have demons attached to you. I believe you have, actually, Cameron. I believe you've got demons attached to you. You don't even know about it. When you're experiencing sorrow and despair, that's when they are they are run by. They absorb your energy, and they favorite. They are low vibrational spiritual entities, and spiritual entities can lift the table and throw it across the room. They are very powerful, and they are following you around, and they have the ability to tune into you. And when you are depressed or miserable, they feed off that. That is their food. They don't feed off your positivity and you being high. That's not good for them. They like you being miserable and depressed. Why is that? What, what, what is what is the uh, <laughs> why do they? Why are they attracted? What's the attraction to people who are miserable? Why is that? I mean, it's it seems that uh, you know everything that we hear is is a positive energy is is so much more powerful. Why are they getting off on this negative energy? 
because the currency of the universe is energy. It's not money, it's energy. That's the currency of the universe. If you believe in God, God feeds off energy. I believe in the source creator, the creator source I believe in. I don't believe the God from the Bible created the earth. I believe the creator source created the earth. And uh, he feeds off energy, good or bad, but he feeds off energy. Energy is the currency of the universe. Demons feed off energy as well. Angels feed off, angels want you to feel good and they feed off that goodness because it makes them feel good. They could get high on holy water, I was once told, as a joke. An angel actually said to me, like, I invited her to a party as a joke and she said, like, and she would get high tipsy on holy water and that was her exact words whereas uh, some demons feed off on a low vibration some demons feed well many demons feed off your negative negativity it's food for them if you're depressed miserable frustrated sorrow despair anxiety uh, hate their favorite is hate that's why i say to people don't be a hater if you, you so to dislike someone is a feeling, but to hate them is an energy. Don't hate, never be a hater, and uh, that's my philosophy. Don't hate, and by you being a hater, they feed off that, and that your hatred can can be stimulated by anger, or hatred can lead to anger. You know, but never be a hater. Some people are just haters, and that's standard. And demons feed off that. And you can have a demon in you and not even know it. To be honest with you. So is uh, does hatred, demons, hatred, and I, uh, dark I, energy? Can you actually? Can people actually create a a new entity just with their hatred and, and dark energy? You can attract. Uh, we all have fault entities as well that are attached to us. Many people don't realize this. We have fault entities that can actually create manifestations for us if you are an achiever. But if you are not an achiever, if you are manic depressive and uh, if the world's all wrong for you, uh, your fault entity can feed off that as well. And uh, you can create and manifest. You can manifest the spirit, a dark spirit, to attach itself to you through your own mind. You can actually do that. But although it is, even though you're doing it through your own mind, that actual uh, entity does exist. You can you can bring to life entities as well. So what's going on with you now, Bradley, in your life currently? Um, what are things like, and what are you experiencing, and and what do you expect? Well, uh, what I'm experiencing now is uh, uh, I've got many spirits there waiting for me, druid spirits, old ancient wise ones. uh, They've they've hidden the stuff. Uh, These druids have hidden stuff and they want me to find this stuff for them. And they know that I have the ability and and I am very intuitive. Uh, I, I, I am very good at keeping secrets and I'm perfect uh, for that role of actually finding hidden treasures for these spirits from the other side. And uh, that, that's part of it. But I'm also, I'm, I'm, I began writing my prophecy. I have a book of shadows and in the book of shadows is my prophecy. And my prophecy is this telepathic mind reader that's in me, there are many like him. And this can happen to anybody. It could happen to you, Cameron, where you wake up one day and you start hearing voices in your head. And this voice will say to you, can you imagine a voice saying to you, I could do whatever I like to you and get away with it. 
because that's what was said to me. Well, I actually, uh, with the help of spirits, believe that I can actually infiltrate these uh, telepathic mind readers, locate where they are, and actually create chaos in their minds and extinguish them from this realm. And they can be telepathic mind readers and they are living, living entities. They're not dead, they're living entities and they can enter people's minds. In my case, this telepathic mind reader uh, focuses on children mainly. But he actually, my essence attracted him to me and now he's trapped in me, he can't leave because he's all, I have seen through his eyes the Grim Reaper waiting for him. So he now knows that if he leaves me to enter another a being, that he will be, whilst channeling another being, this Grim Reaper will catch him in his stride and that will be the end of him. So he's staying with me to see where he's going to end up. So if energy cannot be created or destroyed, you can't actually kill one of these entities. You mentioned that uh, one was killed or you had witnessed one that was killed. So are they just converted into something else? Well, actually, uh, that's a good question. I witnessed a demon uh, being destroyed by an angel. So it's... Uh, I'm happy to go with the flow when people say energy cannot die, people cannot die. But in, the truth is, in my opinion, that energy doesn't die. It's, um, it's, it's reused. It becomes food. Like when, he, when, this, when this demon died, his energy was absorbed by other demons or spirits that were around at the time, they absorbed his energy. Uh, say they recycled his energy. They feed off his energy. So when he was, and also when he died, he released the death energy. And that death energy is like nectar. So energy, it is possible for spirits to die and it is possible for energy to die. But there has to be a reason. So uh, for any, for the record, I would say that uh, spirits live forever and energy lives forever, but it doesn't really, that's not exactly true, because if it is, if it is to be so, then it will be so. That a, the energy, when it, I, I'll say it quick again, when that demon died, he released the, the death energy, and that was consumed by spirits that were nearby. So nothing was wasted. Nothing was wasted. But yes, yeah, spirits can die. So if humans are made up of atoms and subatomic particles and, and basically matter, are spirits made of, of matter, just a different type of matter, and that matter still has to abide by the laws of, of physics that we know of? There are laws that I have to abide by. That is very true. In my case, I have an overseer called Moses, all right, which you might have heard of Moses. He was in the Bible. Uh, Moses is the overseer of this operation that I'm actually involved in. And these, uh, these spirits know that they have uh, a lizard, that they have boundaries that they can go with me and they can't go any further than that. Those who know, those who don't know, the low vibrational spirits, uh, demons, they will attack me because they are trapped in me and they, they are trying to get away from me, but they can't. They, they're trying to... They can't kill me. They've 90% they've had of me, 90%, but they couldn't get the other 10%. They can't kill me. However, they can try and frighten me to get me to change my path, change the course, because the course, the path I'm heading is performing rituals to help others and to actually eliminate these demons from this realm as well. That is what I plan to do. 
That's not counting anything that I do with Facebook or any with, I do with living. This is to do with spirits and demons. I plan to remove as many demons as I can from this realm using spirits which have, which have which are in charge of legions of spirits, like uh, God Seth, King Leviathan. Uh, Famous, the ambassador of hell. I've also met Dionysus. He is a warrior. Dionysus invited me to a party with him, which I thought was very kind. So once uh, once you once you battle the, and defeat these spirits, and then what comes next? Ed? What about yourself? Well, the secret, the meaning of life is to ascend. That's the meaning of life. Whilst you're here, if you're a good person, live a good life, and you help others, you will slowly ascend. And by when you cross over, when your body, when your soul leaves the body, and you move over to the next life, you will be uh, assessed on your life here on Earth. And if you have been a decent person, you may well have ascended to a height, which means that you move on to the next plane. If you haven't ascended, you will, chances are you will be reincarnated and come back to Earth and serve your time again, but in a different body, and you won't remember your previous life. Although, I've got to be honest, there are people that are appearing that have remembered their previous life. Don't you think that would be important to remember your previous life if you want to better the life that you're in currently? Yeah, but you're not in control of it because when you are born, you are brainwashed by your parents, you're brainwashed by the schools, your brain is brainwashed by um, society. It, and to believe that everything you believe is the norm. Like we, we evolved from monkeys. We are monkeys, basically, that have evolved. I mean, but are we? Or are we, did we, did extraterrestrials play about with our genes, splice them about a bit, and from a monkey, and out of a monkey and splice them with our genes, we were born? Or did they mix the genes with Adam you? a form of man that they had created and they mixed it with the monkey gene and they ended up with the homo sapiens there's quite a few theories of how we got here no one knows for sure but we were brought up to believe that darwin's theory of evolution and his the theory to believe and that is the right theory but is it the right theory or how about this one god created man and woman but there again why did god created adam and lilith first Yet in the Bible, it said God created Adam and Eve. Why have they missed out Lilith? I know that she was expelled from the Garden of Eden, but the thing is, you would have thought they would have mentioned her because they were being sincere and telling the truth. But God's created, so in, following the Bible, God created Adam and Eve, and then they ate from the tree of knowledge, uh, which they were advised to by a serpent. What was the serpent? The serpent could have been a dragon that advised them to eat from the tree of knowledge. And then... God was so angry, he cast them out of the Garden of Eden. But he never, men he never mentions in the Bible about Lilith. And Lilith, Lilith uh, I don't know if you know about Lilith, but Lilith was uh, created by God with Adam. And uh, she actually left the Garden of Eden and she committed debauchery with demons. She got drunk and had sex with demons outside the Garden of Eden. And he was so furious, he... he uh, banished her from the Garden of Eden and she became in her own right worshipped by demons and she became a goddess and when she died she became a goddess and she is worshipped by many but they never mentioned her in the Bible we had to discover that ourselves 
So what's coming up next for you? Let's uh, we need to wind this up. So um, I want to know uh, where you're going to be, who you're going to have on your show. And I mentioned your show earlier, but um, tell everybody what night you have your show and uh, what time and um, who's next. Well, I, I'll be every Wednesday and every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central Time. I have a show. It's also at 12 a.m. UK time. I have a show where me and Cassidy Lightwing, we interview guests and we target alien abductees, alien contactees, or people that have experienced paranormal phenomena. And that is every Wednesday and every Sunday at 6 p.m. Central Time. And our next guest, uh, we actually is Don Mathis, I believe. He doesn't know this yet, but I actually believe <laughs> that he will be our guest for tomorrow night. Uh, he is actually an alien abductee. He's met aliens, and he's actually been abducted by aliens. And we're going to have him on the show as well. And this is what I'm doing for now. And it keeps me occupied and keeps me entertained. However, I'm following a druid path, and uh, I'm, I am being, I am leading myself. But I have spirits around me that will assist me. And my goal is to actually destroy as many demons as I can that are in our realm. That demons that are creating chaos in the minds of others. That's what I aim to do. Excellent. So unfortunately, we had to um, um, not use as much technology tonight as I normally would like. And uh, just to let everybody know again what had happened. Um, as Bradley and I were about ready to um, start recording this podcast, um, big storm came up, lightning, um, lost power, and uh, kind of had to fix a few things around the house and figure out why I still didn't have power once the power came back on to certain outlets and and I had to flip a few breakers and um, throw a few pieces of equipment together. But um, Bradley, you think that uh, lightning was coincidence? <laughs> Well, we have to use Skype for our interviews because Facebook has placed us around something terrible. I actually think that, uh, yeah, it is very possible. Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, some of our videotapes have actually, uh, uh, they, the links are broken and there's no logical explanation. We perform shows and the sh links to the show have been broken for some reason. I discovered this a couple of days ago. I don't know why the links are broken to these shows. But I think it's to do with some of the guests that we've had on. We do have some people that are, um, have had the most amazing experiences, and we have had them on the show, and I think that might have something to do with them. Demons are at work, they are messing around with our lives, and they have the ability to mess around with your technology as well. Well, it's been a good night, and you know we did have to kind of fly by the seat of our pants, and I'm actually using a pencil and a notebook and um, not my usual Google Docs and, and having that gigantic screen in front of my face that I can read read from. So, um, yeah, it was a little bit cumbersome, and, and we actually made it through this without having any questions and, and having no idea what we're going to talk about, but it turned out okay. So, Bradley Powers, again, I want to thank you so much, and I can't wait to speak with you again. And tonight, I would like to give you the final word, sir. Well, uh, I'd like to say it's a pleasure to be on your show. I finally made it. I want to say thank you very much for sending me that microphone. It works on the big on my big desktop computer, which has stopped working. And like I say, the demons have worked work with me. 
I've got 10 devices in case one doesn't work. I've got spares. But I'd just like to say thank you for being on your show. Thank you for being very generous with me and supplying me with a microphone. It's been an honour to be here, and I hope to be, next time I come on your show, we can discuss chemtrails, 5G, hollow earth, hollow moon, and stuff like that. Until then, though, thank you for having me. Thank you, Bradley Powers, from Swansea, Wales, in the United Kingdom. Good night, sir. All right, good night. Many blessings. My Alien Life You can find my website at www.myalienlifepodcast.com and please subscribe to my latest downloads at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and at podbean.com. And please follow me and like me on Facebook and Twitter. My Alien Life is written and produced for broadcast at Studio 254 in the Northern Rocky Mountains. The music you are hearing is produced and created by Elion. You can find all Elion's work online at Heart Dance Records. 